Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Landon Tangwall. Just a little note. Our buddy Dustin, he's off this week. Don't worry, Dustin will be back in the saddle next week. We look forward to that. Landon and I are going to be talking about Penn State, Maryland. Big win for the Nittany Lions, 51-15. And there's going to be a lot to talk about here, isn't there, Landon? 100%. 100%, Jim. Uh, You know, great job by the Nittany Lions. The guy's coming in after kind of an iffy win last week. Uh, Coming in and kind of just asserting that dominance, dominance against Maryland and you know, as a lot of the fans know, we, we we go by the slogan unrivaled. But, you know, if there was to be kind of a rivalry, uh, even though we, we tend to win a lot, Maryland uh, kind of just kind of just doesn't sit right with a lot of the guys. A lot of the guys are from the area. It's It, it kind of means a lot. It means a little bit more. So I, I hope the fans know how hyped a lot of those players were to go in there and kind of handle the Maryland football team the way that they did. And you're one of those guys. 100%. 100%. There's nothing like it, especially, you know, there's – all the guys know there's a little bit, they recruit a little differently. There's sometimes there's a little bit of down talking of other places. And so I'm, no, I am well aware and I've, I've been through all of that. So it's, it feels good uh, to get, get that victory yesterday, man. And especially in the fashion that we did it. Well, Landon, we're all about Penn state football, specifically Penn state sports in general. But before we get into this Penn State-Maryland game, it was not the only athletic event that occurred over this past weekend. My understanding is you were out with some of the guys on the golf course Friday. You got to tell us who were the guys, who was the star, who was the uh, not necessarily (laughs) the star player. Uh, yeah, it was a couple of linemen, me, uh, Alex Birchmeyer, Ibrahim Traor, and then uh, Joey Schlaffer, tight end. We had a we had a good time. Um, you know, sometimes when the, when there's an away game and some guys don't travel, so we had a we had a good time getting out there playing 18 at a Mountain View uh, Golf Course. If anybody knows the area, um, you know, we had a good time. We played a scrambles. It, it started to get a little iffy towards the end, man. We're we're not exactly uh, we're not exactly top tier players. I'll tell you what, <laughs> that 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 honor goes to a couple of different guys on the team. Sanders Sahadek, he's a he's a pretty legit golfer and. Uh, we got some good guys, but the four of us are not one of uh, not one of the uh, elite players on the team. Put it that way. So, but we, we had a good time out there. It was it was fun. So, so you're not going to identify the star of the group or the goat of the no, group? No, I, huh? I wouldn't even say there was a star. I'm going to be honest with you, Jim. It was <laughs> it was it was actually a little pitiful, but it's that's all right. Like I said, we we, we have a good time with each other, uh, and it was no, it was fun. Well, that, that's the important part when you get out and have some fun with, with your golfing game. All right, let's now talk about the football team, the football game for this week. And I'm curious, you mentioned you know, in the opening about Maryland is a bit of a rival, rivalry, especially for players like yourself who come from down in that area. But I'm curious about preparation for this game last week. It's coming off of the first loss against Ohio State a not real impressive game against Indiana. And I got to tell you, even the national response to this Penn State team has not been good over the last couple weeks. So how does that affect how the team gets ready or the attitude going into a game like this? Yeah, it kind of puts a chip on their shoulder somewhat, 100%. I mean, 
when you have the whole nation kind of attacking you saying, oh, they're not really this good. Maybe they shouldn't be ranked this high. It brings everybody together. And it's kind of like, all right, let's go. Let's go kick some butt. Like we're, we're going to show these people what we're about. And especially with a game like Maryland, like I said, it means a lot to a lot of players, a lot of coaches. I don't know. A lot of a lot of fans know, you know, Coach Franklin was there for a while. Some may have thought that was maybe going to be one of his first you know, gigs down the line at, at Maryland. So I know that game means a lot to him as well. Um, so, you know, just kind of feeling all that scrutiny, I think everybody came together and it just made everybody a little bit closer. And they said, you know, we're going to come in this week and really kind of get our swagger back, especially really needed that head into this week. Big game against Michigan. Well, let's also talk about the atmosphere down there. This is not a normal road game. You go down to Maryland. Now, I didn't go down for the game, but just even watching it on TV, mm. there seemed to be a pretty good contingent of Penn State fans. Do the players notice that? Does it make a difference to them? Oh, 100%. Um you know, we kind of always have that banter with Maryland. There was a few years back where in 2020 and they posted the graphic, you were, we are, and, you know, kind of a one-year fluke thing. And uh, so that type of stuff we take personal. And I remember as a recruit, I would I would go to the Maryland games just really to watch Penn State anytime Penn State was coming <laughs> to town. And that was those stretch of games when I was being recruited where we won 68 to three, you know, 50-something to three, 70 to zero. And I'm sitting there, I'm like – and the coaches don't even – the Maryland coaches, you know, they come and address the recruits afterwards, and they don't even know what to say to us. And at the time, funny enough, Tyler Bowen, uh, who ended up being our tight ends coach here, as, as everybody knows, he was recruiting me in Maryland. He came in, and he just said, man, I don't know what to say. And he got out of there, and the next season, he was right at Penn State, and he started recruiting me, brought me along, and that's actually what ended up getting me here. But 100% we noticed it. I mean, a lot of people say it's – it's uh, you know, Penn State's uh, home away from home. We we travel hard. There's a lot of lot of uh, Penn State alumni in the DMV and and all that stuff. So we, we really appreciate it. And they, Nittany Nation they they show out hard at Maryland, and we tend to really have some good games in Maryland. I think I saw a graphic. We haven't lost in oh my gosh, I think almost like 50 years at Maryland. So it's it's been a while. So we we always bring it when we're playing Maryland. It, and it is appreciated by the fan base. The fan base remembers all the things, and I think it was before your time where they didn't shake hands, and mm. it's every year this is going to be the year for Maryland. They even, you know, try to emulate the whiteout with, I don't know, the gold out, the blackout, it, all of that ridiculous Oh, yeah, I remember stuff. my brother was actually a student at Maryland when they canceled the classes in 2019, and I wasn't actually able to go because I had a Friday night game, unfortunately, I remember. But I, I got out of my game that night, I looked at the phone, and I was like, holy smokes, it was like 63 to 0. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing like there's nothing like it. So no, I'm sure I'm sure the fans loving the the players and the and the coaches. We really do appreciate it. Oh, and that was the game I believe where the TV actually showed it. All the Maryland fans exiting and all the Penn State fans going down to the close yep. the better seats. You know, being up they, close. They took, we took over the student <laughs> section, man. We took it over. It's impressive. Exactly. And I know this is the kind of the off topic stuff, but I, I just. I'm curious your take on this stuff. Maryland, those were some of the ugliest uniforms I think I've ever seen. Do do players take note of that? 100%. And I think, you know, sometimes that you, you look and you see some of these teams, Oregon and other, some of these other West Coast teams, they have some really cool uniforms. So sometimes, you know, Maryland obviously has the big Under Armour connection. 
and they they try to come out with something cool and it just it just doesn't look how they thought or I don't know whoever thought that was gonna look good <laughs> because they've had some cool uniforms in the past but I don't I I don't know I don't know who who called the shots on that one I'm not sure if it was Coach Loxley or what man but they they might need to put those away for good put those ones to rest I I I think so and I know I'm going off topic and we got to talk about the game and get there as a longtime Penn State I love Penn State I love the simple uniforms it mm. doesn't mean I can't like like you mentioned Oregon some of those things are really cool and I promise the last uniform question I love the generations uniform with the the stripe the white spikes how do the players feel about those Oh, we love it. We love them. Um, I think yeah, the numbers, they have just a different boldness to them that kind of just it just stands out a little bit more. I mean, we love when we get to switch it up and, and you know, wear something a little different. Obviously, you know, Penn State tradition, I don't really think that's ever going to change. But it is fun when you get to change it up a little bit. You get a little, little different swagger to you. So that's no, it's a it's a good feeling, but sometimes you got to put on a jersey like Maryland had to yesterday. It doesn't it doesn't turn out too well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it does not. That does not work. And I think Penn State fans will ever ha- will always have the picture of Saquon Barkley returning a kickoff in the, the generation's uniform, like you said, the number on the helmet, the, mm. the white spikes. It's a good look. All right. As promised, let's let's talk about the actual game on Saturday. This was a different Drew Aller than we saw the last couple weeks. It's a different Drew Aller than we've seen ever on the road. What happened and what was what was your take on his play? Yeah, it was it was really impressive. And honestly, ever since he threw that interception, Jim, I'll tell you what, he has been on point, man. Uh, you know, came in and he was really he was just slinging it around. The offense was having fun. They were running the ball really well. It was really balanced. Uh, you know, Katron Allen ha- had a heck of a day running the ball, and that really helps Drew. That kind of takes some pressure off him. Like I've talked about before, keeps everybody on schedule, keeps the offense on schedule. So now some of those passes, instead of you're taking, you know, instead of second and ten, well now it's second and four, and they might be coming up trying to maybe play the run a little bit. And then Drew was taking some shots. He was letting it fly. He was giving his wide receivers, his tight ends, he was letting them make plays for him, and he was putting the ball in some some damn impressive places I'll tell you what some of those some of those fades um were elite ball placement uh so I think you know Penn State should be really excited about what they saw in Drew yesterday especially on the road I mean this Maryland team is they are not they are not uh they are really an impressive team honestly they dropped a couple past past three weeks but they've got a great team a good defense uh, a lot of ballers a lot of athletes out there uh and you know Drew just came in calm cool collected as always uh, and just just took over. I am usually very critical of announcers for these games, uh, Landon. However, the one throw to the left corner where the analyst, uh, Brock Hewitt, I think, was the color guy doing the game, and they replayed it and showed the the arc on that ball, how it turned over, perfect spiral. Could you have placed it in a better spot than what he did there? I don't think so. Like I said, I mean, that's and, and that's when you that's the nice thing about it. And you see a lot of these teams do it. They they let their they got playmakers and they let them go up and go make a play. And, you know, a lot of times that can either draw a flag, especially on those fades. If you underthrow it a little bit, you'll see that. And the wide receiver tries to come back and get the cornerback to to draw the penalty. Uh, so a lot of times it's actually a pretty high percentage uh, as far as something positive happening. But you let a, a guy like Dante Cephas came on the scene. I mean, obviously, uh, Trey. Trey Wallace got injured there uh, the past couple of weeks. That's really unfortunate. 
But that's what happens. A guy gets an opportunity and he steps right up. And I think we, we saw Dante Sivas make a make a couple great plays, but you definitely helped out from the ball placement from Drew Aller. I mean, like I said, really impressive stuff. And I, I hope we kind of continue to see him giving the wide receivers, giving the tight ends chances to make plays and go up and get it. You mentioned Dante Cephas, and I do want to talk about him more, but I, we only have less than a minute left. But I think the point, too, with that pass, we all think Drew Aller is this big, strong guy, and he could just fire those missiles, I mean, just on a line. We've seen him do that. We know he can do it. I think what's impressive is that type of pass, which is all about touch, and form and all of that proper footwork on his part and to see him do that and it's not just him doing it it's also him now having the confidence that the receiver could make a play for him on the other end of that that's all part of it we're going to get back to that when we come back in quarter number two so stick with us Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. He's Landon Tangwall. I'm Jim Galante. We are talking about Penn State's big 51-15 win over Maryland on Saturday. And Landon, when we finished up quarter one, we were started it by talking about Drew Aller and his ability, uh, a couple of those passes into the end zone, fade passes off. But on the other end of this was Dante Cephas, who I think as fans, we were really during the off season, looking for him to make an impression. And between segments, you and I were talking and you said, this is kind of a breakout game you've been looking for from him for a while. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Yeah. When Dante came in, obviously had a real, real great production at Kent state. Uh, He was a baller, 
and came in and was, you know, expected to make a big impact. He had a, he had a great summer, great training camp with us. So, you know, it was, it was a little weird at first when he wasn't, you know, wasn't getting a ton of snaps, wasn't getting a ton of, you know, targets, things of that nature. But, uh, you know, you got sometimes in college football, especially you got to sit down, wait your turn. Uh, and obviously an opportunity arose, unfortunately through injury, but an opportunity arose for him and he took full advantage of that. Um, some really, some really crisp routes and just great job just locating the ball, getting his feet down. Like I said, this is the type of thing that we expected from him. So I hope to cons- you know see a lot of this going forward from him. And uh, I think that's really something that could open up our offense. I think we need someone that's able to go up at the wide receiver position, go up, get the ball, make some plays for us, uh, and keep these drives going. How important is it for him, for his confidence, that now it's not, okay, he's just going to get a couple snaps – he had to know he was going to be on the field all game. How much difference does that make for a player, just knowing you're going to be out there? Oh, 100%. Because then you don't feel like I need to go make a play in these X amount of plays. You feel like I got the whole game. You know, I'm going to get these reps. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I might set this guy up with this route here, with this, with this little move off the line because I'm going to hit him with something else down the line, things of that nature. When you only know you're going to get, you know, say 10, 15 reps, well, that's a little bit more rushed and you feel like you need to go make a play and then, you know, you might not get the ball and you get frustrated, things of that nature. So it completely, it, the, the confidence completely changes how you play. And, you know, obviously also speaking about confidence, now Drew Aller, he's got confidence in a receiver that he knows if he wants to put that thing up, let it let his guy go make a play. Well, he did it twice in Maryland, so now he knows, you know, he's he's got that confidence. He sees Cephas on, on a fade route. Well, he's got he's already built that rapport with him, and there you go. So I think not only is that is that confidence big for Dante Cephas at the wide receiver position, but also Drew Aller knowing he's got a guy out there that can go make a play for him. Once more, you're stealing my notes here, Landon. That was going to be my next question. If you're Drew Aller, and you know, I want to talk specifically about that first touchdown that was initially ruled an incompletion, and when they started to show the replay, I was saying to myself, I don't care whether they called – well, I do care. I wanted it to be called a touchdown, but whether that's the case or not, he made a special play – one-handed catch and was still looking to drag that foot, keep it in bounds. It's his first touchdown, so that has to mean something. A special catch on his part has to mean something. The fact that Drew Aller chose to go in his direction when it's not like, okay, he's got five feet of separation from the receiver, all of that works together, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. And like you said, that's just going to continue to just – stack and stack and you you keep stacking those type of balls in practice um you know a lot of reps over the summer and you just kind of build that connection build just have trust in that guy like I said I mean that's that's big time and Dante Cephas I mean you got to be feeling good after that and I think that's part of the reason why they went to him the second time on the on the fade and part of the reason why he made the play when you have that confidence you know I think sometimes fans uh underestimate how much confidence on the field can affect your performance I mean if you already made a play and you're feeling good that day it's it's a lot easier to go up and make another play or make a block or whatever it may be. Um, it just when everything's feeling right and everything's flowing, as you kind of saw for the for the Nittany Lion offense and the defense, you know, just things are going right and your your guys just go make plays and it's it's a great feeling as a, as a player on the field to be making those plays. Speaking of confidence, let's get back to Drew Aller more because I think it's it's worthy of our time. The confidence level here's a guy who, along with the team, struggled a bit over the last two games. Uh, here's a guy who, you know, we've highlighted through the season. His numbers on the road have just not been very good. 
it's obvious this will help this kind of game will help him going forward. But what happened? What do you think clicked in for him going into this game? Was it that interception or was it just a case of him saying, oh, to heck with it. I'm just going to start chucking the ball around, having fun with this and be myself. What happened? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I honestly, as much as he came out a little bit slow in the Indiana game, I think he grew a lot from that Ohio State game. Uh, that, that first loss, kind of feeling, just feeling all those emotions, feeling like you never want to feel like that again, a, a bad game. Just, just I think it helped him grow up a little bit. I think that's one thing that everybody's kind of seen and, and has said in the past that, you know, he's still a kid. He's still young. He, you know, sometimes he carries himself like a kid. He's got ro- rosy cheeks. He's, you know, just kind of giggles a lot. He's, he's, a, he's a really nice, sweet guy. But, uh, you know, everybody wanted him to kind of just grow up a little bit, start to start to really take over. And like I said, after that interception, I, I think you're completely right there. He kind of just had a, okay, you know, I don't need to be perfect anymore. Like, let me, you know, I don't need to go hit this, you know, this check down here. I let me go let my guys make a play. Let me put it up top. Let me try to fit this in that window. I just think he's playing a little bit more loose. And that's really allowing his game to just to just rock it up because he's such a special player and has so much arm talent. Uh, you know, as we see with a lot of those plays, placement of those balls. And, uh, you know, we talked about a couple, another touchdown, that touchdown to Tyler Warren. I mean, he, he zipped that in there in between two two defenders and zone. Uh, he put it right where it needed to be on, on a rope. So you talk about a couple touch passes where he came back and he put one right on the money on, on zip. Uh, so, you know, he's he's been really impressive. I think that confidence, uh, you know, after that pick has just been mounting. And, you know, hopefully that just carries over into next week. Yeah, that that is the, the obvious hope there. What about – I have my thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours on – did they call call this game differently? I understand, you know, Bo Prabula came in for a couple plays and that was different. But set that aside for the moment. Just the overall how the game was called. Was it different than other games? Yeah, I mean, I think generally it, it might have looked a little different. Generally, you kind of, you know, you kind of come in with the with the same plays you've been running all year. Um, I, I do think we just took a little. I think Drew just took a little more shots. Uh, I, I think that was also opened up a lot by the run game. There was a lot of big six, seven, eight yard runs. And when you kind of do that, you start to get the defense on their heels a little bit. The D line gets tired. Uh, you know, I, one thing we haven't talked about yet is shout out the offensive line. I mean, one sack all day. Uh, they did a, you know, that was I think when the backups were in at the end there. So they did a great job, just just kind of dominating that that front seven of Maryland, not letting them get any pressure on Drew, sit back there, and really be able to deliver a lot of those balls. Uh, so I think you know, big big shout out to those guys up front and the and the tight ends. They did they did a fantastic job all day long. Well, one of the things that, and I think you know this already, one of my pet peeves is about throwing the ball on first down. I went back and took a look at the numbers. Uh, Drew was 11 for 16 for 90 yards and two touchdowns, throwing the ball on first down. My take, Landon, is even when like the first two completions on first down were each for one yard. They were the Mm. little wide receiver screens but my feeling is just showing the defense that you're willing to throw the ball on first down and even if it's these little passes it's like okay you can't have eight guys crushing the box to stop Nick Singleton or Catron Allen because this team is willing to on first down throw it out to the wide receivers tell me I'm right Jim I hate to say it. I hate to say it, man, but I think you might be right here. You, you, you keep you keep inching your way to an offensive coordinator job somewhere. I swear. I don't. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, but really, it's that is it is great. And like you said, there was he had a lot of he had a lot of great passes on first down. Um, just kind of keeping those sticks when it's first down, and then you get it, and then it's first down again. That's a good feeling, and you start to that's when you really start to you know you get those you get those first downs moving, then you get the run game going, and then it's second and two. And like I said, just staying ahead of those sticks is so important for offense, and that's really when you feel an offense start to roll. It's when you're not even really seeing third down that often. You're just you know first or second down, you're already getting that first down. You're rolling, you know. We saw a little bit, little hurry up yesterday. Um, I think you know, I think Coach Yurcich just kind of came to this game a little loose as well, just kind of ready to go and just and just wanted to let his just kind of let his offense loose a little bit. Let let his you know, Drew Drew Aller was the number one quarterback in the nation for a reason. Um, you know, I think they came in that game and kind of just trusted this a little bit more. Let him let him fling a little bit more. I think he had confidence. His confidence was. A little bit better after that big time touchdown last week to finish off the game, and so he just came in with some swagger, and he was he was delivering some balls. Well, I'll tell you what, I will accept any credit, even if you just humor me, Landon. I will take <laughs> it. Okay. However, now I'll flip it around and I'll mention you're the one who uh, three weeks ago, now prior to Drew throwing that first interception, you're the one who said, you know what, maybe he just needs to get that out of his system to loosen up and so far the evidence landon seems to say you were right on that call i'd say so look i, I appreciate it i appreciate you giving give me the shout out um i i think i think that's kind of what it, like i said i really do believe that he needed that i think he was being a little timid and a little nervous just to make a mistake and once he made that he said you know he can drop back all right you know, I, I've made a mistake, but let me let me let me do what I know. He does, you know, a ton of training. I know Drew; he's an incredibly incredibly hard worker. Always in the film room, always studying. Got a couple classes with him. He's works hard in there too. Don't worry, he's working on that degree. Uh, but he's he really is. He's a he's a great kid, and he's going to be continue to be a great quarterback for this Penn State offense. And before we get to the defense, let's talk a little bit of the running game. Let's start with um, Katron Allen. We always know he's the guy who runs hard, can break tackles. When when there's a three-yard gain to be had, he'll somehow turn it into five yards. That's also got to be great feeling for the offensive line when you've got your guy always getting that extra couple yards. Oh, it's really fun. And I'll tell you one thing that, that we also love that we saw there on, the, on that touchdown run by him was we love when we look up and he's still he's still churning those feet and we get to come from behind and just shove that pile. Uh, that's a good feeling because it feels like especially when you score a touchdown because then then it's like all, the offensive line was really a part of that touchdown. I mean you were you were a big process of that. So you know it's a great feeling. And he he always gets those extra couple yards and sometimes he can. I mean you said a couple you know he can he can add a couple extra yards. Sometimes he keeps those legs churning. And he'll get he'll turn a three yard run into a ten yard run. It's you think he was going to get tackled at the line of scrimmage and next thing you know it's second and one. Um, and, you know, you don't know how how big those plays are to an offense, man. Just to keep it from being, you know, a negative play or even just a one-yard gain and turn that into a, a positive three, four-yard gain, I mean, that's big time because then, you you know, your offense is staying on track. Um, and just just really impressive day. It's It seems like when one running back isn't having the best day, the other one steps up and vice versa. Um, I think that's a great thing to have, great versatility to have in, in the Penn State backfield. Uh, so great that these guys can kind of lean on each other. And once again, the offensive line did a great job in the run game as well as the pass, uh, just re- really dominating those guys up front, getting pushed, getting to the getting to the second level and making some really key blocks. So, you know, shout out that offensive line again. All right. You know what? We've been talking offense. How about we start looking at the defense? We'll do that when we come back. 
Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. He's Landon. I'm Jim. We're talking Penn State's big win over Maryland, 51-15. Oh, my goodness, that defense after... A not great performance last week against Indiana. Those guys came to play. You mentioned it between segments. Manny Diaz probably had something to say to them this past week. Yeah, I think after that Indiana game with a couple of mishaps on the Penn State defense, he came in and he lit a fire under them. I'll tell you what, uh, he's that defense, man. They came out on fire. I mean, talk about talk about stopping a team in their tracks. 16 carries for negative 49 yards on the ground. I mean, that's a dominant performance by a front seven uh, that, you know, that's that's the type of thing that that a 2000 Ravens defense would put up. I mean, that's that's really impressive. A lot of turnovers there, especially at the end. You really saw him turn it on there. Turnovers, sacks, just really impressive by, by the whole defense. I think they they heard a lot of the criticism and they knew that last week was not them at all. Uh, so they came out with a chip on their shoulder. And they wanted to perform, and they they put on a performance for Nittany Nation. They set a tone real early. There was a fourth and one. Now, I'm always an advocate for going for it on fourth and one, much more than most people are. I think it's the right call. It's the right play. And when I saw Maryland lining up on that fourth down, I thought that's the right call on their part to do that. However... It wasn't just stopped. I mean, they crushed it. They shut it down. Maryland lost yardage on the play. What does that kind of play do for a defense? Just their enthusiasm, their momentum, setting the tone. What does that mean for a defense? Yeah, like you just said, setting that tone of getting that fourth down stop, giving giving your offense the ball back early, it's a great feeling. Um, there, there, there's no better feeling for a defense and then – come back and get, get a lot of pressure on the quarterback all day. Just overall, they just did a fantastic job. And I, like you said, I really think that initial, that initial stop kind of 
change the tone for the whole day. I think they had, like I said, they had a sour taste in their mouth from last week, starting off with that and then and then building off of that with some some great stops, some great turnovers. Had had a couple of penalties. It seems like the refs were were involved a little bit in this game, but but overall, I mean, they they played a, pr- a really clean game and just were getting after that quarterback and they didn't let they didn't let that offensive line push them around at all. So shout out to the defensive tackles down there. I mean, they they held it down the whole D line. You put out the numbers for you know the rushing statistics for what was it like minus forty nine yards on sixteen oh, yeah. carries? Now it's obvious that the sacks are part of it. Those numbers are thrown in. Even taking the sacks out, the their lead running back Hemby, he had five carries for zero yards with a long run of one yard. Their leading rusher was the backup quarterback who got a four-yard gain on the last play of the game. And by the way, that was also their long run for the game, four yards. Tell me what you saw along the defensive line or the linebackers what made this defense of Penn State so effective against Maryland's run game? Yeah, I mean, they, they they were hungry and they had something to prove. I think they came into this game and they said, this is not an offensive line. This is not a running back crew that we're going to let push us push us around. We're not going to let them dominate us by any means. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think Manny Diaz and his defense came in with the intention of we're going to make these guys one-dimensional. We're going to make Tulia have to beat us. Um, and like I, we talked about in past weeks, when you got a quarterback that's dropping back, the, the whole second half and the defense gets to pin its ears back and kind of know that you're passing the ball. It's, it's a good feeling for a defense and they've really become one dimensional there. And it, it's hard for an offense to be able to move the ball. I mean, you saw Tulia make some plays now, definitely a shout out to him. He made some really, some really incredible plays has a, has a really talented arm, but Penn state, they, they were getting after that. I mean, he talked about in the run game, but also the pass game, I mean, six sacks, that's definitely disrupting a quarterback. And I don't know if you saw there on the Adiza Isaac sack, they threw up the, uh, two fours for chop Robinson. He wasn't able to play this game. And so there was a little bit of a tribute to him. He, he was on the sideline. He made the trip. And I think a lot of people know he's a former Maryland player came over after his freshman year. Happy to say I was actually a big part of that recruitment. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that. I don't know if you're allowed to call it a recruitment, <laughs> but at this point it, it worked out well for, for Penn state, obviously. So big game for him. So sad he couldn't play, but I, I wanted to fans, if they were wondering what that was, it was a little Chop Robinson uh, tribute there on the field after a couple different sacks. I'm glad you did bring that up because I wasn't aware. I remember seeing that. I should have been able mm-hmm. to put that together. <laughs> it's also, I think, interesting to to us fans that to hear, because we feel the same way about Maryland. Maryland, they're a wannabe, okay, if I could put it that way. They want to be what Penn State is. And like I said, the blackout, the gold out, you mentioned a couple years ago, they had no class for that day, big game mm-hmm. and so on. And even the not shaking hands prior to a game, I think that really upset a lot of Penn State fans. So for us to hear there's that Maryland connection for the players who were down there or part of that area and kind of want to get this win also, we appreciate it. And uh, uh, thank you for letting us know what that the 4-4 meant from, from Adise Isaac. So there was all this domination. What happened is Maryland became one-dimensional. They had to throw the ball. That was obvious. Talia, very talented guy. We saw that. I mean, he completed seven, his first 17 passes. Obviously, a lot of talent there. But on the offensive line, had to play against this defense day after day in camp. What is it like when it's you're in a third and long situation, and all of a sudden there are seven defenders 
along the line of scrimmage standing there. You have no idea how many are coming. You have no idea which ones are coming. And you may end up on an island there with either Adisa Isaac or Chop Robinson or Deny Dennis Sutton coming after you. What do you do? How? What's that feeling like for the offensive lineman? It's not easy at all. Um, I, you know, it's it's something that originated not too long ago. Actually, I think I remember the Miami Dolphins brought it out against Lamar Jackson a couple years back, and it completely destroyed. It was his MVP season, and it completely disrupted him. He had an awful game, and ever since then, we've seen a couple of defenses start to go this route of having this six, seven, even sometimes eight guys up on the line, have DBs up on the line, and it is really hard on an offensive line. The quarterback normally sets the protection, and you have a good idea of, okay, I'm blocking this guy, so I'm going to slide here and you know whatever that may be. Well, with the 7-up look, the quarterback essentially is just telling you, you got to figure it out. So you, you have your own rules, and you just got to get straight back, straight vertical as an offensive lineman, and look around and see basically who to, who to pick up. And it's not easy because everybody has to be on the same page because if one person goes the wrong way, you know, someone's coming free. So it, it is not easy at all. And sometimes you'll even notice if you watch closely, some guys will fake come for one second and then they'll back out and they'll, they'll drop into a zone. And then so you, you might post down to try to block them. Well, now they're gone. And now you got someone, now you got a D-size, you got Johnny Dixon running right past you for a sack. So it really is, it's very disruptive. It's not easy at all to block, especially when you got playmakers and you get the, get those one-on-ones with with Adiz Isaac, hopefully Chop Robinson coming back this week. That That's that's big time. Just setting up, getting your guys one-on-ones and letting them make plays uh, is huge. And we saw even Johnny Dixon coming free again for another sack. Uh, I think that might be his third or fourth of the year. Really big performance by the defense. It was, and you mentioned Johnny Dixon, which I think you know has to be pointed out. Whether it's him or Daquan Hardy coming from the side, while the quarterback sees Abdul Carter over the center as another guy who's coming at you, it must really fluster him. And, you know, while we're throwing out the kudos for the defense, I think we need to talk about a couple individuals. You and I, you know, when we're out to lunch and we, we talk about certain players, you know, I have my certain favorites and we talk about that one of them is Dom DeLuca, who is your roommate and you know one of my favorite players. He gets an interception, and the other guy I want to hear you tell us about is Tony Rojas, who limited plays. He forces a fumble. He also gets an interception, and these are these are not the starters, uh, Landon. Yeah, I mean Dominic DeLuca made a huge play there. Um, I think for a little bit, you know, got it within about sixteen points. Uh, there, there was a little bit of feeling the announcer mentioned, you know, now within two scores. So it was a feeling like it, we didn't comp- have, you know, full control. I mean, the, the game was always under control, but, you know, a little bit of coming back from Maryland, uh, went down, scored a great touchdown, and then Dominic DeLuca coming back and making a huge play. Um, it, it's great to have that kind of depth, like you mentioned. They're, neither of them are even starters, and they're making these type of plays. To know you have that kind of depth uh, and you can rely on those guys if someone gets injured, a guy might need to take a couple plays off because he needs a blow because he's, he's real tired. Well, now you have that confidence to be able to put that player in. And I think Tony Rojas and Dominic DeLuca, but you mentioned Tony Rojas. I mean, young young freshman coming in, uh, big-time recruit. I, I think that's going to be someone that we're not going to just see for a couple plays Soon enough, we're going to see him for the whole game. Uh, he is he flies around. He's been really impressive since he got here in spring ball. Turned a lot of heads early. Uh, came in a little light. I believe he put on 
about 25 pounds for and for a linebacker that's pretty insane he he came in looking like a cornerback and now he's looking like a big big macho linebacker out there creating sack fumbles interceptions so you love to see it you love to see and then also Dom DeLuca like you talked about one of uh Jim's man crushes as we call him really really talented guy came in as as a walk-on earned a scholarship earned the earned the the trust the just earned everybody's respect, became one of our captains, uh, and is always making plays out there on special teams, running down, making plays. And so you love to see him get in, make those plays on defense, and he's he's a game changer, man. And, you know, uh, somebody brought this up a couple games ago, one of the announcers, and we've now heard this multiple times that they heard it from Manny Diaz, that you're not just coaching this year's team, you're coaching next year's team. So when a Tony Rojas comes out there and makes plays, it's great that he's getting the opportunity this year, but I'm sure that's got to do a lot for his confidence looking into next year when he's obviously going to have a prominent role. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, obviously we'll have a couple guys moving on a couple studs on defense. And I think, you know, he's going to see his, his, his role and his stock rise up a lot. Uh, like I said, really fast, impressive player, a 2000 yard rusher at the running back position in high school. So, you know, he, you know, he knows how to move. He's got great agility. Uh, so I think he's going to be, he's going to be a superstar for Penn state in the near future. Uh, that That's always exciting to see. And that's what I think as fans, we're so excited about this defense because there's so many different people making plays. It's not just those three guys that are, you know, potential all Americans. It's all the other guys making plays. You know, you hear about Kalen King all the time, and then Johnny Dixon makes the great sack. You hear about the other linebackers, but then you see Adam DeLuca make a play or Tony Rojas come in and make plays. It's 100%. And not to cut you off, Jim, but I want to give a shout-out to another guy who was in his hometown making plays, Kevin Winston, uh, DeMatha Catholic High School uh, graduate. I played against him in high school. He's he's been a baller, uh, and I was so happy when I heard he committed to us. And he's coming – I think he's kind of taken over one of those safety spots, and he's he's been really impressive. He's he's flying around near the line of scrimmage making plays – forcing negative plays on offenses. He's been really impressive. So another young guy that we, you know, Penn State fans can look forward to for a little while. I'm glad you brought him up. He's he's looked fantastic. All right, that's it for the third quarter. Fourth quarter, I'm going to ask you about Michigan, Landon. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, 
local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Landon Tangwall. Landon and I have been talking about the Penn State win over Maryland. All right, that was fantastic. It was a great win for the team in so many different ways, Landon. But, but, it's time to look forward now. It's Michigan week, and Penn State has the Wolverines at home. This is it. As I had somebody say to me, Penn State is fortunate they get a second bite of the apple. Mm. After losing to Ohio State, this is the second chance for them. What is it like this week in the locker room, on the practice field, knowing so much of this season is dependent on this upcoming game? Yeah, it's uh, it's de- there's definitely a little bit more stress. You f- you feel the pressure from the coaches. Everybody's a little bit more on edge. Uh, you- you're just you're just doing anything you can for for a victory. Uh, compared to Ohio State, obviously a huge game. But at this point, as as everybody knows, the fans, the coaches, the players, we all know. You know, you win this week, you got a you got a really good shot at a Big Ten championship, national championship. You lose, that pretty much all goes out the window. So. That is that's definitely in the back of the mind. You try not to to dwell on that too much, but you also want to take the game for what it's worth. It's a very important game this year, uh, and you know they're 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 prepping right now, getting ready for that for that Michigan team, which by the way is just as impressive as as they as they have been the past couple of years. Returned a lot of older guys. Uh, I know we'll get into that, but it's going to be a big test for this Nittany Lions roster. It definitely will be. Michigan, although they've not been tested, they haven't played a ranked team, they've been impressive as anybody in the country, the way they've handled their business. But from the Penn State standpoint, a tough game at Ohio State, especially for the offense, then kind of the hangover game against Indiana. Now, a lot of demons were exercised at Maryland, you know, playing on the road. Drew Aller seemed to be playing loose and free. The defense was back on track. Everything got back on track. How does that help this Penn State team getting ready for Michigan? Yeah, I think that's big time. Kind of just instilling that confidence back into the guys, back into the coaches, back into Drew. Um, And not only that, the fan base, too, like we were just talking about. I think the fans are kind of coming in this game. It was kind of a little bit of lag over from Indiana. Some people were upset. There was a lot of – Penn State was getting a lot of hate, as you know, Coach Franklin said at the post game or after after Maryland. You know, It kind of feels like you guys don't you know, take these wins for granted, and that's something that Coach Franklin really does preach is that these wins are, are, are not easy to come by. There's not a lot of programs, and I know Penn State fans are tired of hearing it. They want us to get past these, these big games, Michigan, Ohio State. But at the same time, it, it is a fact. A lot of programs don't get to win 10, 11 games in a season. It's That's big time. And so you do you do really have to appreciate those wins. But to to get a win like this against Maryland, a dominant dominant way, kind of over a rival, really just kind of just, just gets, gets everybody going headed into this week. A lot of confidence. Everybody's in the locker room today. A little more hype than, than say, last week. Um, 
just excited for this opportunity ahead. The guys, like I said, it's, it's not lost on them on what this week is, and I, I think they're up for the challenge. All right, let's talk about this Michigan team. A few years ago, it was Ohio State was the elite team in the Big Ten and especially the Big Ten East. And then there was Michigan and Penn State, kind of comparable, kind of on the same level. The last two years, though, Michigan has beaten Ohio State, but they've also beaten Penn State. This is a team, Michigan, that really took it to Penn State a year ago. What changed with this Michigan team in the last two years? You were there last year for Michigan's big win over Penn State. Tell me about that team and why they're so good. Yeah, I think they've taken advantage of the transfer portal really well. Uh, they have a very veteran group up front on the offensive line. I know a lot of the guys up there, they have a couple fifth-year guys that could have even been drafted last year, similar fashion to Olu Fashionu and how he could have left if he wanted to, but decided to come back. Just really talented. Jim Harbaugh is a is a fantastic recruiter. He's up there with James Franklin and you know the likes of others that really impressive. Uh, they they just went out there and started to get a lot of really some really talented guys. JJ McCarthy is someone who's he's super talented. I you know kind of went through the recruiting process with him as well. Really good dude, and he's you know that's, there's a reason he's up there for a little while. Heisman candidate, that type of stuff. I mean he's they they have some really impressive guys. I've Blake Corm in the backfield. I went to high school with Blake. You used to live with me, one of my roommates. Uh really, really talented people. So it, like I said, it's gonna be a task. I think once again, we talked about with Ohio State, uh Michigan too. We go down the checklist. We got guys too. It's you know, this is one of those those years where we, we're really talented and I, I think we we need our guys to make a little bit more plays than they they did in Ohio State. We need our big time players. Hopefully we get Chop Robinson back. Um, need our D-line to get home against this Michigan uh, offensive line. But, uh, you know, you look back to last year, Michigan ran for over 400 yards on this Penn State defense. I I don't think that that fell lightly on Manny Diaz's on, on his head, and I think he's letting the defense know about that, letting them remember it. Maybe he might even be playing a little bit of tape from that game. Um, just kind of open those old wounds and make sure that does not happen again. So I think Penn State defense is going to take some big pride in coming in and stopping that run after negative 40, 30-something yards of rushing for that Maryland offense. So I think they hope to continue that trend against this this potent Michigan rushing attack. Give me some keys uh, for the game for this Penn State team to beat a team like Michigan. What are you going to look for, especially early in the game, to say, yes, I think we're on on our game today? Yeah, first off, you got to establish the run. Uh, we, we can't have, obviously we're at home, but we can't have that again where Drew Allar, all the pressure was put on him, throwing it almost four, you know, 40, 50 times. That is absolute must. We must establish Katron Allen, must establish Nick Singleton, get those guys going. Um, I would say early on, get the tight ends involved. I mean, we've seen how, how amazing they have been this year. I actually had Tyler Warren underlined a couple of times, uh, huge red zone target. Look for him to be be a big time factor in this game. I think we got to go to those reliable guys, and hopefully we see someone like Dante Cephas continue to step up. Uh, but I think initially got to establish that run, and then coming out on defense right away. I think you need a you know couple three and outs, create a turnover, get that Michigan offense off schedule. They've done like you mentioned, they they haven't really played anybody too great this year. They've 
dominated in, in most facets of the of the game. So I think you just got to get them off schedule. Hopefully Manny Diaz comes in with a with a game plan to just kind of rattle JJ McCarthy a little bit and do not let them get that run game started. Because if they if they get that thing breaking off 50, 40 yard runs like they did last year, uh, that can be really dangerous. Like I like I mentioned, probably one of the best offensive lines in the country. They have won the Joe Mo Gen, Joe Moore Award, which is the best offensive line in the country two years in a row. Uh, so right now they're trying to make it three. They have a really impressive rushing attack. So I, you know I think that's that's the biggest key for the defense is shutting down this Michigan rushing attack that really just killed us last year. Tying into that, one of the, my favorite things that James Franklin uh, says is the defense has to earn the right to be put in uh, put the offense in that third and long situation where they can do those creative blitzes and. At, as you talked about earlier in the show, when you're up against that seven-man front and have no idea who's coming from where, but to get to that point, you have to slow them down on first and second down, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like I said, you got to get them off schedule, whatever that may be, just negative plays, one-yard gains, hold Blake Corum, hold Donovan Edwards, those running backs to, to short to short gains, Got to get to that quarterback, like I said. I mean, they they really do have a great veteran group up front there at Michigan um, and haven't really been threatened by a great D-line. Hopefully, like I mentioned, we get Chop Robinson back this week. Him and Adiza Isaac, Deny, Dennis Sutton, you know, big time coming off the edge. And then we need a, another great game from these linebackers and interior defensive linemen, like I said, holding that holding that run to a minimum. So just, just getting that offense off track, disrupting them a little bit, getting in J.J. McCarthy's head is going to be really important for this Penn State defense headed into this week. And then from the other side of the ball on offense, you can't – obviously you can't have a repeat of Ohio State where you're 0 for your first 15 on third down. You know this offense very well. We saw the couple wrinkles with Bo Prabula. What are the things that they can do to say, you know what, do something special to make sure, even if they're not going to score at the end of the drive, they get some first downs and they hold on to the ball for a while? Yeah, uh, Coach Yurcich and really office coordinators everywhere, they consider two first downs, three first downs is is a win of a drive. Now, obviously, like you said, if you're not scoring points, but kind of flipping that field position, letting your punter put them back on their 10, 5, 15-yard line, something like that is is really a win for an offense because you know you're not going to score every single time. Um, so really getting those positive plays just starting starting drives off with first downs, just getting that initial first down and everybody can breathe a little bit, get, you know, collect their thoughts. Drew can compose the offense. Um, and like I said, really establishing that run game. I think that's what it's going to come down to. If Penn State can establish this run game and they can kind of control the game, control the game clock, uh, and uh, and then kind of manage the game. I think that's when Drew Allers is, is is at his best is when the game is managed, when he's able to rely equally on that running attack as as the throwing attack here. Um, so I, I think another key is that we need to stay balanced. I think we somewhat abandoned the run game at Ohio State, got away from it when there was really only a one possession game for the most part, and we didn't need to get away from it and just kind of put that pressure on a young quarterback to need to sling it and make every completion and put some really hard throws on him. Well, as we've seen, he's done a lot better when he's, you know, ahead of schedule, second and two, you know, first down, first down, you know, completing, going for first downs on first and 10, um, just just kind of opening up the offense for him. Um, I, you know, I think he's going to be, he might be a little bit more hesitant in this game as, you know, Michigan's defense, they have some, some studs back there, especially in the, in the back half and those DBs. Uh, So, you know, another challenge uh, presented for these wide receivers. 
I think that's another big thing that we could talk about is those wide receivers against Ohio State did not create a lot of separation. They really didn't help their quarterback out a lot. Um, so we need to see some guys step up. I mean, we saw Dante Cephas this week. Hopefully that continues. Keandre Lambert-Smith is a big-time playmaker. They call him Big Play Dre for a reason. So hopefully hopefully we uh, see some of that this week. Almost had a 40-yard play there with him. I think it was 37 <laughs> or 38 yards. So we were, we were yeah. this close to changing that because, you know, those those things come up 40, you know, because they consider a 40-yard play one of those big explosive plays. So we were close there. But uh, hopefully we can get a couple of those going against Michigan. Okay, we have less than a minute left. Last question for you, Landon, is you've played in enough of these big games at Penn State. What is it like for a player to run out onto the field with a crowd that's ready for a Penn State-Michigan game? Man, I already, I just got shivers going down my body, goosebumps as you were talking about. My hair is standing up, I swear, right now. it's it's There's no feeling like it. You know you're playing in one of the biggest games uh, in the world on one of the biggest stages. Uh, you just want to go out there and make a play, make your family happy, make you know, make plays for your team. Uh, and I, I know these guys are ready for the challenge, uh, especially after this past week. So I know our guys are excited, and they're going to be ready to go against this Michigan team. Okay, there you guys. You heard it from Landon. You got to make lots of noise. Make sure the players know how special this is. Landon, as always, it goes way too fast, but that is it. I'm going to be in town for the game this week. I'm going to be seeing you. We'll talk more about the game. For everybody else, thanks for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 